Listening to the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me to save us all, it's Claire Williams. Save us all from bureaucracy, the beautiful mm. art of bureaucracy. Notice how I did not specify. Oh. Um, from, is the real monster the government? Real maybe it's bong energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Of yeah, course. Truly. I. I. It's. It's one of those things where. Oh, is that is that Godzilla? So, sorry, sorry, my roommate's just barging in the room. Sorry about oh, that, guys. Oh, I see. Hey, big G, I you see. keep down. I see. That's that's the roommate. I didn't know he bumped <laughs> with Godzilla. Oh how, does yeah. he take he a gets... long time in the bathroom? Yeah. I feel like he takes a long time. In the bathroom. Uh, he has his own bathroom. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> nice. I, I learned after the first round uh, that I'm like, eh, it's probably better for my. Head. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to space that appropriately. Who, you, who gets top bunk? Oh, we have separate separate chambers. He oh has gosh. his own uh, atomic cave where there's the the corpse of uh, Ken Watanabe. He keeps cuddled oh. up next to. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh man, I, for- I did think about that scene randomly. I think I don't know. I, I right. so I rewatched the first or not rewatched. Sorry, I watched the very first Godzilla for the first time, Japanese mm. version. Uh, Gojira, and then I watched Shin Godzilla. Those are the only mm. two Godzilla movies I watched in preparation for this. I've seen, I've seen. Um, I know we're kind of getting real, already kind of into it, but I know, yeah, very focused. It let's just. I, I, I guess I'm. I'm in the middle of saying this, so I'll just say it anyways. Um, and I've seen uh, the Edwards, the Dowdery. That was the guy who directed the second. Uh, yeah, yes, Michael right? Michael Dowdery. Yeah. And I and I I've seen the Wind Guard, mm. um, and I guess I've seen I guess if we're going that way, I've also seen uh, uh, Skull Island. Um, you see the legendary verse, yeah, right. <laughs> the monster verse, um, the LCU. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah, that's like. So when I was watching either Shin or the original, I think it was Shin. I just kept thinking about Ken Watanabe's like sacrifice scene. I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of sucked. I remember that. Yeah, I was like a bad thing that happened when I'm like, I just would prefer like, I don't know. It was just really just like, okay, of course he has to sacrifice himself. No one else. He has to be the person. As a fair counterpoint, it is one of the, it is, it is by default one of the best scenes in that movie. This is true because he's an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. He has, uh, he has gravitas, uh, you know. Oh my God. Um, Every time you say that word, I like, like lose five years of my life. Um, (laughs) I he's yeah he's so good I mean he's one of those it's one of those things he's so good that you believe his real affection and connection to a CGI monster like it mm-hmm. like there's a real intimacy there with like Godzilla um it's yeah it's pretty great so you so you both have fallen into my trap of uh stopping this mad habit of yours of talking between yourselves and then ignoring the guests for the first 10 minutes of the podcast while we don't ignore we hey, allow they can them. chime in whenever we just That's we it's an true. open forum it's you know we, we we don't ignore them right yeah, well it's so odd that you guys are like hi i'm jack and uh, with me is clay so clay uh, well we i i like i mean i there's plenty of podcasts i've listened to that don't introduce the guests right away um, we probably that need doesn't to make it right. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. Uh, we probably just actually just need to like give them the like give them the green light to talk more quickly. But that's but you know we forget to do that because you know we're not professionals. 
where where are the real podcasters? We're the amateurs. We're the blue collar podcasters. You're the you're the Brian Tyree Henry in a closet talking about climate change and how the the industries are ruining uh, the monsters. Oh, I really couldn't. I, I didn't understand that reference for like a good the first three fourths of it, and then yeah, you a said podcaster in that series. No, yeah, no, now I remember. Now I remember. I liked that yeah. movie too. Funny enough, I liked. Uh, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Kong versus King, uh, it, Godzilla versus it, Kong. Okay, Godzilla versus King Kong. All right. Well, I like I like that one. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Have you seen any of the legend like the monster? Yeah, modern? I um, the Gareth Edwards. I feel like I should count as like not seen because, uh, it's been since twenty fourteen, uh, in theaters that I just feel I just, I just feel like if I had saw it again, it would feel like the first time. Right, right, um, right. And yeah, for this, I saw Godzilla fight Mothra and King Kong, but not the one from last year. Right. Um, I did the ones that were directed by um, uh, the first direct, like the, oh gosh. Uh, uh, I believe they're both by Ishiro Honda. Yes. I'm not sure yes. about King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. I think it yeah. was. They, all three of them are. Um, and then this one, which which is very very good and we'll get into it after what we've been watching recently this is where we talk um, about what we've been watching recently yeah and i haven't been watching i've been watching jack and shit uh mm. no offense jack um <laughs> you've said I, that before and this is the only time that you've said no offense <laughs> i know because this is the, the first time i've i've meant you've no offense about by it, it. <laughs> um I will point out two things since it feels like it's been a little while since we recorded last. Um, I watched the William Friedkin, the, uh, is it the hunted or just hunted? The hunted. The hunted. Uh, Definite article. Yep. Yeah. yeah, With uh, Benicio and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terrific motion picture. Uh, And I then tweeted out after I watched it is that I truly think that Benicio is maybe one of the greatest actors currently like alive and we don't talk about that we like we all love him we all say oh isn't he great but he's like but like he's one of the best to work currently yeah star wars characters yeah (laughs) that's true yeah Yeah. especially Um, like around the early 2000s when a very exciting energy as well like you know i think it was hunted when he just won the oscar too like yes because so many like I don't know. It's just so many performances where he's just like, yeah, he's just fucking brilliant. I, I just wish he worked a little more, but I don't you know. It's like, you know, whether it's, you know, fucking inherent vice or, uh, Sicario, it's just like fucking love it. It's great. Every time. Um, yeah. Great directors know how to use him well. Yeah. Right. And the other game, and, and I'll just shout out a video game I've been playing. I've been playing the Metro video games. Ah. um right yeah you might know uh it's based off i I think the author uh, i think the author of the original book is russian um but it's actually kind of funny enough it connects to godzilla um there's this nuclear holocaust that happens or i guess well now i'm playing the third game and now like some of the lore is kind of changing so it's hard to fully explain it since like now there's like the reveals of what really happened blah 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 but just to say that Moscow, you know, Moscow, Russia gets bombed with uh, nuclear weapons. Everyone, like pretty much everyone dies besides the people who fled to the metro, as in, you know, the underground 
transportation systems and they begin to uh, create a society live in it the radiation has created monsters and of course uh all of the you know different uh train stations have been you know been taken uh, or taken over by certain uh sex and uh portions of the uh, population uh, and for some reason there is a nazi portion of uh of the tra- uh the trains uh the whole metro so apparently there's a whole society of nazis in moscow russia in like 2013 i think when it takes place and it's it's a very bizarre game the politics are also bizarre um but they're really good they're really they're you know not too scary because video game I, I don't like horror video games because i'm a i'm a wuss um but this is just the right enough of like tents and fun um yeah good games i'm 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 for i just started the third one gonna finish that in a minute but yeah that's that, yeah those two things really everything else has just been i don't know i've been kind of hanging around watching uh caught up on uh only murderers in the building still very good i don't know what people's opinion of the second season are but i think it's really good so it's been definitely more yep. muted than it has the first season well, I think then that like if via like our circles for sure, but then like I look on Rotten Tomatoes like a hundred percent, and I look oh, at wow. and, and then I start reading reviews from my critics I even know, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they loved it, they loved it. It's one of but no one really talks about it. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. TV's weird this year. I was just like, there's so much. It's like it must just get lost in the shuffle and what to. Talk I watched about. so little television, and I don't think I'm going to change that anytime soon. Uh, for for me, yeah, a big surprise that was was not only as good as it was. I think I went in knowing that I'd like it, but like it as much was more the surprise with Marcel the Shell. Uh, so profound and really just genuinely funny, and not like kind of phony or like too cute, or it just, like struck the right balance of of all the right tones that I was going for. Um, Genesis it's great. Of course, we all know this. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's great. Where did you see it? Uh, the Luna Theater near me. Oh. Yeah, it's a screening room, not a, because it's like only one screen. Brett, how about yourself? Oh, me? Brett the Wiz? Oh, so Brett, <laughs> Brett the Wiz. Oh yeah, I guess we yeah, have to yeah. add your full name. Wait, we do that. Do we do that after they? I always forget. Now I'm see. All right, guys, I'm tired. All right, I'm just gonna put that out there. We put like, I mean, my brain is fried. I think we're all kind of fried right now. So we're gonna see how this goes. It'll be a little loopy. We're a little. We're gonna. We're gonna keep it going though. It's okay. Once we hit hour two, I'll start. I'll start blasting uh, Imagine Dragons on loop behind me. Oh Oh my god. Okay. I don't know. I know. Oh, radioactive. Radioactive. Okay. Uh, For a minute, I kind of got it, but then I wasn't super sure. But now I understand. Brett's sense of humor is clearly like way more elevated than ours. I've I've made that. I made that joke when I when I showed my godson the original uh, Honda Godzilla last week and he looked at me with the most abject disgust he's like dude they're the only country that has had a nuclear nuke launch and i'm saying yeah i know it's there's a guy oh sorry (laughs) right 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 
It's, it's a gag. You know, it's a gag. It's just I mean, okay, you. like, you know, imagine dragon heads. Don't be offended. Uh, we'll just put that out there. I know the Magic Dragon heads, you know, listen to our podcast religiously. So we just want to Ever say, since the hey, Mission Impossible trailer dropped. Right, of course. We really, I, I, I also re-listened to that. I've been re-listening to our podcast recently. It's a pretty good podcast. Um, <laughs> I, we really went hard on just like, yeah, that trailer was so fucking good. I mean, it is, but it was funny. It just is. like, oh, wow, we really just like. It yeah, we was took, like we, we took like, like a few minutes to right um, really yeah, just uh, say this incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will i will toot that horn also immediately after that episode i went i legitimately ripped that trailer from the internet and added it to my archives Ooh, so yeah, do you have a trailer really archives good. i have an archive of a lot of things Ooh, that you're, the you're a very cool person. may be interested in but what they don't know won't hurt them so it's uh, true it's true but maybe my archiving will pay off looking at ways the industry is moving so right. uh oh. love 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 current events that'll do the episode right. current events just my my favorite my favorite genre of uh <laughs> of hellscape uh site uh site uh uh refreshing uh current events is my favorite best. genre of media but uh in terms of me uh, i have several but i'll keep them to capsules uh like i said i showed my godson the original godzilla he hadn't seen it Again, my godson keeps surprising me. Like a few years ago, he was like, "Oh, when we were first living together, oh man, that new Alien Covenant looks pretty rad." Like, yeah, it, it it could be good. I've never seen the original, and this is a dude who loves horror and sci-fi to death. And I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? you're like you're almost that. 25. What do you mean you haven't seen Alien and right. Aliens? Right. So I had to fix that. Uh, uh, looking at my diary, uh, like Jack, like Jack, I also caught up with Marcel the Shell. Uh, I had a double feature at the cinema that day of that and Bodies, 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 which I did not know until the credits rolled, were both scored by Disaster Piece. And oh, interesting. Good scores. Which, uh, yeah, which uh, went on to enrage me when I went onto his website and figured out you can't actually buy the albums from him. You have to subscribe to his service for $100 a year to access his music now. What the fuck? <laughs> Okay, maybe there's a way you can find it on like maybe Amazon or some other, but at least on his from his website directly, you have to subscribe to his website in order to get is access. It, to and it's not streaming on Spotify or whatever. It is, but I like I I, I like owning things. I like having. Right. Although Disaster Piece is also big on not having physical copies, so that's a weird thing. But I would just buy it and then burn it. So uh, I see, habit. I see, I see. But yeah, I see. so I caught up with Marcel and Bodies. I liked them both. Uh, I uh, rewatched The Abyss recently to prove to my bestie why I'm so fucking excited for uh, The Way of Water. Mm. Uh, Which version of The Abyss? Uh, the extended. Uh, right. 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 I don't think I've... I think I have seen the original theatrical cut, but it was a long time ago. But uh, the one I... It's like Aliens. The only one I, the only one I revisit is the, is the extended uh, director's cut. Yeah. The one that Cameron uh, made. I watched that for the first time not that long ago. The... Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, that was really good. I I didn't know that the uh, extended director's cut was held in such high regards, and I only saw the theatrical that was on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I mean I I liked it, but I'm sure the extended is better. Although it's something oh, like of the best. Yeah, of the best. Um, I actually I I remember like not knowing that there was a director's cut of Terminator Two for the long time. For the longest time and i was like oh where are these scenes coming from that i've never seen before this is so weird it's like 
discovering new pieces of the movie where I thought it was deleted scenes, but actually they were just scenes from the extended cut mm-hmm. that were never in the theatrical. There you go. Yeah, but besides that, uh, I'm back on my bullshit. I'm still participating in an anime challenge, so I oh went gosh. to go see Dragon Ball Superhero in the theater. Fun time, fun time. Not as good as Jujutsu Kaisen or uh, or Turning Red, but still very, very fun. Uh, you can you can go into it and just like, oh, it's just a superhero movie. That's really all it is. Uh, this is it, the most what, Brett shit I've ever heard. That, that is that is Dragon Ball. It's just <laughs> Japanese superheroes with aliens and shit lumping together. Um, and alongside that, the best thing I've watched recently is in my anime challenge, I recently finally finished the 110 episode OVA series, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which starts off really strong, uh, maintains quality throughout the entire run somehow for an epic space opera based on a series of 10 Japanese novels of which all are currently translated into English. So you can catch up with them. And somehow it took me like six months to get through the entire series. Cause I have a job and I have other things to do besides just watch anime. And uh, I have also movies to watch, but like the last two episodes sealed the deal. Like this might be one of the best things I've seen in my life. Like just right. in terms of consolidating character and politics and massive rivalries and intertangled like character relationships and wrapping it all up in this perfect bow to where the final episode characters i absolutely hated pulled something off i'm like you son of a bitch you've been playing the long game you went this entire time how dare you right Mm. but yeah legend of galactic heroes it's on high dive uh it's it, the there fuck was is a high dive? Box. Yeah, I was gonna say, what is this like a new? Is this uh, like high a new dive 3D? is one of the three major uh, anime, uh, like anime primarily streaming services. You got Funimation, which has been absorbed into Crunchyroll, which is currently the big boss of them all, and then you got High Dive, uh, and then you have Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, who like license their own, and I believe Disney Plus is also. Brett, do you know Haya? Haya, yes, uh, the, okay. uh, the the kung fu slash right, right, right. Uh, but they have some like genre stuff too. Yeah, yeah, they got Takashi Miike shit on there. Yeah, they also yeah, got yeah. some Bruce Lai like in there. Yeah. But yeah, it's like five bucks. I actually recommend that to a lot of people. I think it's like mm-hmm. four bucks a month uh, or something. Similar recommendation is the Brown Sugar add-on, which is like the black exploitation and uh, black film add-on. Oh, is that via Amazon? Amazon? It was back in like 2018. I don't know if it's still around, but uh, uh, I'm really bad about keeping up with my add-ons because I canceled my Amazon Prime due to many reasons. Right, of course, of course, of course. uh, course. But yeah, uh, Legends of Galactic Heroes, it's freaking phenomenal. And it made me feel feelings for a fascist dictator somehow. Yeah. Which is is wild considering how layered and nuanced that show is. It's like, it's like, God, this is actually so good. And I hate most of these characters on like right. personal and political levels, but god damn, they're so well written. It's like son of a bitch. It's it's like the Vince Gilligan effect of like what wow, these characters are horrible, but I cannot stop watching everything they do. Mm. The Vince Gilligan effect coming to the FX this fall. <laughs> Welcome to the Vince Gilligan effect. The Vince uh, Gilligan effect. Yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. Seems like a I haven't even Southerner. really watched Better Call Saul, and I would watch that. Yeah, but uh, uh, I also play have played the first Metro game. I have not played Last Light or the third one. Yeah, they just I... get better. 
Yeah, because mm. I, I played them when they were on um, Xbox Game Pass. So I, they're on PS. So uh, I got like the fr- there are like the various you know, discounted discounted trial of uh, what's the fucking thing called PS Play, but like platinum version. Plus? Or, yeah, but it's like the but it's the game. It's their version of Xbox Game Pass or whatever, and it's like the highest tier or whatever. It was like pretty cheap, and I wanted to play all the Mafia games, and that's the way I could play them, and so. I um so I, I I did a free trial for that and you can and also like I think on PS the PlayStation Store in general the Metro games are usually dirt cheap so um and they're yeah and it's just a lot of fun if you like single player stuff which is my uh my preferable exercise in gaming um and you like first person shooters I recommend medium mm. yeah yeah um. Yeah, that's. I just love I, the anime I, 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 to uh, Vince Gilligan universe comparison. I can't get over that. It's like, yeah. well, I, I've only seen the first season of Breaking Bad, and I haven't seen a frame of Better Call Saul. But uh, you've only seen I the read... first season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did you just have yeah, other? Not... Did you just have like other TV to watch? And that's what kept you from going. Yeah, out. and 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 an anime challenge is easily like uh, right, like collated into a spreadsheet. Meanwhile, television challenges are like. I don't. I'm not part of. Well, not everything has to be a challenge. Uh, I like organization. That's why yeah, I understand. I, I'm, I understand I'm not, that. Yeah, I get that. What, what, yeah, what the hell is that uh, TV like tracking service? Like, like it was. Oh, I keep forgetting. While, yeah, we, we should ask T. We should ask T. Money Tyler Vision. Yeah. He, he would know what, I, uh, funny enough, he wasn't the first person who showed that to me. It was a group chat of mine. Is um, it serialized? I think that's it. Something yeah. like that. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah, that sounds right. Meanwhile, yeah. I got like letterboxed in my anime list that are my, my two primary like uh, social yeah. medias for <clears> my uh, viewing habits. So, yeah, I mean, I like serialized for the uh, letterbox for TV aspect that there's not one place where television and film will be on the same app that there's two different places for it. I just am not crazy about the way that it's set up and organized i think i think it's one of the it's it's, it feels very like yeah yeah, right and that and that's kind of why i i kind of used it for a second then i kind of stopped using it i'm gonna kind of wait until they kind of get their act together for sure okay i think i recognize i think i recognize this format this looks like the exact same format as backlogged which is a video game like uh database tracking service oh yes i i I mean there's yeah there's a ton of those too yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. this looks absurdly similar to the format of backlogged so Uh, there was another i had another app where i'm like it was like letterbox but for video games that was kind of fun um but or or well yeah and i had it but then you know i i just all those kind of organization apps if i'm not like i kind of just fall off of them after like a strict like binge of like oh i'm gonna do all this blah 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 and then i just kind of like fall off um hey legend of the galactic heroes is on serialized for those of you nerds who care about that so <laughs> there you go yeah uh, so you can get through it in 50 in like 50 hours <laughs> so i guess brett this is technically your first appearance on the podcast is that mm-hmm. no wait were you oh you were with did you get come on with tyler uh, i was tyler on tyler was on? vision yes oh that's right okay okay 
All right. Well, never mind. Fuck me then. All right. I, I Fuck was part me. of that Tyler Vision block. Fuck me. All right. <laughs> Fuck me. Man. Is this the one that, Jesus. Is this when you lose it? I feel like you're going to lose it. This is. I've lost. I mean, if that's. I've lost it so many times that yeah, I don't that's know. That's true. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can say. Oh, I mean, I you just. I mean, before it. we started, you brought up the rant at the end of Dark Fate, which is one of the best things you've ever done. I listened. Yeah, I listened to that. It was just like, oh, John wow, Connor, I'm, John I'm a, fucking Connor. <laughs> oh, that's great. Look it is really. Me. Yeah, I'm. I'm a funny guy. I do funny stuff. Look out, Clay's glowing nuclear. Right. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. It's just because of the weird way that episode is set up. You just had like all the like you vomited so much more. <laughs> it was like right. intense. It was like I think the end of that is like 20 minutes. And it's just like, right. I, I think yeah. it, it's, it's one really of those fun. things. Cause yeah, I mean, Jordan's so great. We just kind of let her off the leash and she yeah. goes and we, we let her take us on the right. And great. so when she left, yeah, we, we learn how the wheel. We had, but, right. When she, when she left, we kind of decompressed and then like had some, like, and we, she didn't like, like talk over us or anything. We just wanted to hear mm. her talk. Yeah. Um, and so when she left, we were kind of like, she had a case. Yeah. I mean, this is it, yeah. right. Exactly. And we got it. And we got to hear it. We got to hear the testimony. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, any, yeah, yeah. any t- that that's our big thing with guests. It's like if you have something to say, we'll, we'll we want you to say it. Well, thinking oh, of things to say, right thinking of the things to say though, which is a wonderful segue, go. Brett. There you go. Um, please, I am so so excited to hear your history with. I mean, this movie and the history with uh, Godzilla, uh, which you brought here with us today. experience with Godzilla was probably reruns of the Hanna-Barbera animated television show Godzilla like the like Godzilla and Godzuki where they had like an adorable like a big tubby lizard sidekick for like Godzilla it's it's Godzilla Jr but Scooby Dooified uh uh that was that my grandma got me the not the junior novelization of the Emmerich movie for like my my ninth birthday so i never i didn't see that film until like it reran on tnt like sometime in the late 2010 in the early 2010s but i read the novel so i i, I knew what happened in the movie 
uh, but I did not see a, a proper Godzilla movie until 2012, back uh, when Netflix was known as Netflix Instant Viewer. And uh, they had the original Ishiro Honda cut of Godzilla streaming. So I checked that shit out, fell in love immediately. I thought, because I had come across it through like various like feeds of like, uh, I had G4 growing up, uh, television for gamers. And at one point uh, during like a, uh, like a video walkthrough of Metal Gear Solid 3, at one point there's dialogue in that video game that talks about, Ah, oh, have you seen Godzilla? Of course I have. Well, you've only seen King of the Monsters. Uh, the the original cut won't come out in the United States for like 40 years. And it's like, wait, what? And so I had to check that out and realize, oh, wait, it's available at my fingertips now. So I caught that on Netflix, loved it. Uh, then when the trailer dropped for the legendary uh, Gareth Zilla. Gareth Zilla? That's it's really Gareth funny. Zilla to me. Uh, I like, like that. Uh, I like, like that. Uh, like the Emmerich is just known as Zilla. To mm. us who are like genuine fans, because fun fact, uh, that version of Godzilla is in the Toho verse. Uh, it got nuked to hell in Godzilla Final Wars. It 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 basically came in like a as for a heel move in a wrestling match, and then got nuked immediately, which is <laughs> vastly entertaining in Godzilla Final Wars. Like, oh yeah, fuck that thing. <laughs> in Final um, Wars, I saw it was the one they did before this. And yes, I just, it was the not- last. Not to say too much right now, I think it's interesting the break that a franchise will have going back to Terminator for a second and looking at the years in between Final Wars and Shin Godzilla and like how many years does a franchise need in order to like reassess itself. Yeah, but uh, in, in the, in the build-up to, to Gareth Zilla, I decided to track down the rest of the series. So mm. I found, I at the time... Mm when that was coming out, King Kong versus Godzilla was out of print. So mm. I actually had to uh, uh, acquire it through other means. <clears throat> uh, uh, the original Japanese cut. Uh, found that. Uh, watched Mata versus Godzilla. But Hulu at the time had a lot of the original Godzilla movies. Like that Hulu like had like the original Showa era all the way. I remember from, like, that. From like the original up until Terror of Mechagodzilla. And even like a couple of other ones from like the Millennium Era. Like they had Godzilla 2000 and... Uh, one or two others. Uh, but uh, if you wanted the full franchise, you basically had to buy like a physical box set. If you wanted like to watch any of like the Godzilla movies for real. So I had DVD Netflix. I caught up with a few of them there. Are the American versions that bad? Like, are they all dubbed? Uh, most of them are dubbed. And some of them, I find some Narmi charm in. Like I watched right. Peter the three headed monster uh, dubbed on Netflix. And Oh boy, that was a trip. That movie's nuts. That movie, uh, so the original Godzilla and Shin Godzilla have, like, by default, the best human plots in that, oh, the human plots actually matter. Right. And there's really interesting things going on here. Every other Godzilla film, it's it's garbage at worst, and, okay, this is insane at at best. And Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster is one of those, along with Final Wars, that is, like, top tier. Oh, wow, they're throwing everything at the wall we've got aliens we've got secret agents we've got princesses possessed by the spirits of the venusian people we've got uh matra is a bait is a larva and has to convince rodan and godzilla to be friends and fight off the evil king Ghidorah. it's it's got so much going for it and watching that dubbed just added to the madness it was a magical experience for me 
Uh, and uh, I only also building up to this, I did rewatch that. Uh, I finally caught up with the original Japanese version. Uh, there's really no big difference between the Japanese versions except for the original Godzilla, because the original Godzilla was edited because the original Godzilla may have some anti-American sentiments. Maybe Shin Godzilla also has those, but the Hayes Code wasn't in effect when Shin Godzilla came out, so they didn't have to edit that out when that came to theaters. But yeah, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, the 1956 version, uh, they removed a lot of the anti-American sentiments and uh, brushed over a lot of the more horrific elements of of the original uh, Ishiro Honda masterpiece. But yeah, so that's my history with Godzilla. I've consider myself a super fan of kaiju in general uh one of my oh i talked about this with uh natalia on uh, an episode i'm still sitting i'm still editing for uh retro culture but uh the original king kong would be on my site and sound top 10 i think right. the original king kong is a just wonderful template for every action adventure blockbuster going forward like that movie set the standard for what's like a blockbuster populist film would be going forward so who's your guy kong or zill kong <laughs> uh, i love godzilla to death especially after he goes through godzilla has just a masterful like arc in popular culture because it starts out as this malevolent uh force of nature he's a hurricane that's powered by nuclear by nuclear energy and then come the mid 60s he becomes oh no see he fights for earth he fights for I was about to say, he fights for America, but that's not correct. He he does not at any time fight for America. Um, There's, uh, he he becomes a much more softened, more anti-hero. And then by the end of the 60s, he's just playing out, he's just basically Gamera. The friend to all children, who is another fantastic kaiju worth looking into. Uh, A fun fact, uh, the three Gamera movies from the 90s are available on Tubi. Uh, which uh, the co-director of this movie, Shinji Kaguchi, did the special effects for. So that was another one I caught. I watched in the build-up to this episode, since I hadn't caught uh, the... I've heard really good things about the Gamera trilogy from the 90s, and the first one is really good. And that makes uh, sense that's... why that this is this has someone who's making Shin Godzilla come from the team of visual effects, because I think this movie looks really amazing. I mean, especially the Godzilla design. It looks a little like childish, like the the eyes and like he's a go- he's a goofy little he's a goofy little guy in the beginning. <laughs> he's he's just like bouncing around like oh what's going I mean, on. I think the design and the movements of Godzilla are very em- emblematic of the sense of humor that the movie carries with it as well. Colette, you mentioned in the loop in your review, and of course that's pretty evident. It that, was immediate. Um, I it was immediately thought well. of in the loop. And, of course, because I think like the Inanushi satire is like so well known because of that, and we're only a few years away of Death of Stalin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that we kind of yeah, and Veep is still going on. So of course, like Inanushi is like within our our uh, our language of satire. Um, but no, I just love this movie's sense of humor. It's very playful, but when it is serious, like you can see that pivot work very well. Um, and just to wrap up though. You are doing all this prep for Garazilla, and that's the one that, yeah, that like hooks you. Did you feel like there was anticipation for that one? And if so, I mean, what do you think of Garazilla? Because for the longest time, that one I, I feel like has gotten this like Cranston is like coming like straight off of Breaking Bad into yeah, that one, and it's 
killing him off in the first half. It's like giving all this like like there's a lot of critiques with that one that I I'm curious like if it's still hanging over it. But also there's a secret admiration for it after all these years. Um, I remember being I mean just to wrap up real fast. I remember being very confused <laughs> when Shin Godzilla was coming out. Like why are they making another? <laughs> There was just one that came out a few years ago, but that, but of course at the time, like I wasn't aware that it's like one was made in Japan, one was made in America, and it was almost like Toho was like wiping the slate clean because of what the Americans did. Um, but yeah, how yeah, you? echoes of what happened after after the Emmerich happened, and they mm. basically played damage control by re- immediately re- putting into production Godzilla two thousand uh, and starting the Millennium series up. Uh, yeah, uh, the thing I might want to save my thoughts on Garrettzilla, my deeper thoughts for a later podcast because who knows, maybe I'll be the kaiju guy you guys keep bringing up onto this shit because I'm already I'm already deeply entrenched into Japanese culture on uh, my own nerd reasons. Why not just fully buy into that persona? Just be oh hi oh, nobody must a character. Yeah, hi Brett. <laughs> just uh, just go full full neat otaku bullshit in this. Did you guys know that there is the equivalent of anime nerds in America is Western nerds in uh, Japan? How there are like Japanese nerds who are obsessed with the Wild West. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's so funny to know that. But um, I, I will say that I think Gareth Zilla had a masterfully edited trailer, which got mm. me hooked. Let me talk to somebody in charge. Oh, right. interesting. So that's like so that kind of played into like it's a good trailer. Oh, it's a damn good trailer, and it fooled me into thinking, "Oh man, it's Heisenberg versus Godzilla. This is going to be fucking amazing." Right. And things may not have turned out that way. So, uh, <laughs> who the fuck is Ford fucking Brody? Uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, right. Uh, but yeah, and uh, then a couple years later, uh, actually. Uh, going back before we completely dismount my prep, uh, my love of kaiju actually goes back even earlier than I saw King Kong or Godzilla because one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up was the remake of Mighty Joe Young with uh, uh, Theron and Paxton, that uh, Disney live-action remake of the John Ford co-direction back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. I loved the, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a big goofy, it's a big gorilla, but he's a good boy at heart he's not gonna be mean and uh he's gonna save the people it's this is great i've always had an affection for big i'm like guillermo del toro in that regard i've always had an affection for the monstrous but still human in that regard um and then you uh and then in between uh just before i saw the original godzilla uh in the build-up to this i discovered a little series called neon genesis evangelion and uh, Clay, I understand you watched that recently. Oh, I still. Uh, that, this is the problem with me watching television. Even if I love it, unless you're like the Americans, it's gonna. It's hard for me to completely finish, especially if it's like really emotionally taxing. Um, so I haven't finished. I I think I'm halfway through the first season. I, I will oh. of course go back to it at some point. Um, it's uh, but yes, I I mean from what I've seen, I've loved. I love, love, love. Oh. Uh, I, I, okay. I am going to scratch out some notes. I have. <laughs> it's like okay, not gonna, not gonna talk about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, as soon as you finish those movies, I would. As soon as you finish the series and watch, and I would love 
for you to look at uh, the rebuilds, the the re- the revisiting of Evangelion they released in theaters recently. Uh, right, and at what, and of course, like you know, the kaiju genre is very entrenched in both properties. Um, I mean, they exist in the genre itself. Uh, I it. it I have a, 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 we mentioned actually before we started recording, uh, uh, Jace Sneed, Jason Sneed, a good friend of mine. Uh, he was the person who got me to really start taking Ava seriously and like trying to, he's still trying to get me to watch more anime. It's been, it's been slow, uh, really slow, but I slowly getting there. Um, and Ava's drift definitely just watching it. It's just like, oh yeah, this is. This is, it felt, a lot of times it felt uh, overwhelming and kind of unapproachable, but watching, starting to watch Ava and just like getting in the rhythms of it, it's like, oh yeah, this is like, this is great. I mean, this is great, but it's not like foreign. You know what I mean? Like in a sense of like, I'm not, it's not reinventing the wheel of storytelling, but Mm -hmm. it's really good. It's Mm -hmm. just, for some reason, I just assumed the format was just going to be more chaotic because I guess, I think it's just one of those things when you have no exposure to it and you read the synopsis or whatever, and then you read the, you know, or the complicated plot and you're like, Oh man, I don't think I can even comprehend some of that. But of course, like I comprehend multiverse shit of the DC universe or whatever. It's just, but that's just because I was exposed to it early on. So it's just one of the things I have to just train my brain not to feel overwhelmed by something, even though I've, no, for a fact, there's some anime that is just purely overwhelming um, mm-hmm. for me, at least. But, you know, it, it's especially when you get into the, you know, uh, you know, with Japanese media, it's like you you put in the manga series, you put in the live action movies. You do, It just starts becoming a lot. Um, no, I feel, I feel the similar similarly that it's like I just need to have I just need to have like the guidance and like where to go and what I'll, what I'll like. I just can't throw myself into anything just with the idea that it'll just be inaccessible but you know watching evangelion for me as well like yeah i had the same reaction very good although like i don't know how long it'll last with me not to say i didn't like it it was just more it there was just a lot going on ah so you finished the series and you and you saw the last two episodes that happened yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah it it uh, I'm perfectly willing to be like uh, a Sherpa on the uh, magnificent mountain of Japanese animation. I right, mean, I, right. I've reiterated right. that a few times and that uh, uh, it's it's very easy to get lost and overwhelmed by the fact that there are thousands of series to choose from. And the streaming era has made those even more accessible, like with right. Netflix, Hulu, right, right, the, the right. crunchy rolls, the, the high dives. There's so much available for perusal and it's very much like, okay, it, it, it's a... At the same point, you just use someone like like myself who can be able to curate, like, okay, do you want to watch, like, their take on, like, a superhero story? Do you want to watch their take on, like, a, a psycho Lynchian head trip? Do you want to watch, like, what's your, what are you in the mood for? Uh, but now I can uh, start breaking down uh, Shin Godzilla, I suppose. Mm, absolutely. In, uh, so we're going to talk about a movie that has a lot of things going on in it besides just the plots. Uh uh, Japan has a rich history of this type of movie, uh, known over here as blockbusters, but specifically over in Japan, uh, this type of film, this specific brand of film, they're like big blockbusters are known as tokusatsu, which 
direct translation is just a special effects film. It's just a movie right, that's right, heavy right, on right, effects. Right. There's model work primarily, but in the recent years, it's gone more towards uh, CG and all uh, the big, big, uh, 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 just outrageous stuff. And then uh, the movie that began all that, of course, was the original uh, Gojira, um, kickstarting the subgenre of the kaiju ega movies with monsters, monstrous humanoids, or just, uh, or daikaiju, which directly translate to giant or great kaiju. And uh, yeah, Godzilla is basically the the touchstone for this entire genre of film in Japan. And it even spread over to the rest of Asia for a bit. I mean, uh, China really loves making ripoffs of various properties, be they American, be they Japanese, be they Russian in some regards. But yeah, this this sort of approach to uh, movie making and uh, television, especially, has also rolled over because uh, from from Tokusatsu we got like Super Sentai, which eventually was uh, repackaged over here as Power Rangers, where they basically oh. ripped the special effects out of Super Sentai and then shot new footage with uh, pretty white actors and an occasional person of color to uh, talk about, man, living in Edge City is so great, isn't it? Let's go get frozen yogurt. And all of a sudden, giant bug man attacks the mall. It's like, wow, we've got to beat him up. And that's, it, it, we still have a lot of Japanese culture making their making its way over here. The fact mm. that uh, a lot of people at first did not realize that Power Rangers was a repackaged thing. And then yeah. uh, even anime was the same way in the 80s. We had most people would watch this thing on TV and just say, oh, that's just cartoons. They wouldn't mm -hmm. recognize that there's a distinctly different style to it, a different like approach to the storytelling or because anime was heavily influenced by like the works of Walt Disney. Uh, mm. So a Japanese culture in general. And again, Godzilla is a direct rebuttal to a re-release of King Kong that happened in the early 50s. And Japan saw how much money King Kong made. And it's like, we should get in on this. And so they came up with an idea of like, okay, what if we had a giant dinosaur monster that uh, attacked Japan with the force of an atomic bomb? Yes, this is going to be a great idea. <laughs> and it was. And uh, a legend was born. Uh, so yeah, but Shin Godzilla. <sighs> Do you guys have any questions you want to ask me in order to fully... Uh... My biggest question with the entirety of Godzilla in general is, so how <laughs> so are... Well, that's a great question. He's um, like, yeah, well, like bigger than any web, anything. <laughs> right. He is Godzilla. Um, what is... How do they... Is there any kind of linear chronology or canon that they keep track of? Is there any like actual narrative uh, connectiveness in any of these movies? Or is it just um, kind of like, ah, uh, he came back and there you go. That's what it seemed uh, like to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, okay, let's start breaking down the eras. So the original saga from 54 to 75 was known as the Showa era, which was basically right. they nicknamed them after like the eras of like the government that was running things at the time. So the Showa era oh, is neat. like 50s, right. 50s to 70s. So from then up until... So first Godzilla, spoiler alert for the original Godzilla, Godzilla is destroyed by the Oxygen Destroyer. Therefore, oh, we have we have... We've destroyed Godzilla, but what if another one comes about? And then, literally eight months later, they pump out Godzilla raids again, and uh, which is 
somehow one of the cheapest knockoffs, even though it's an official entry in the movie. There are so many technical mistakes in Godzilla Raids again that it's fascinating that Toho legitimately still wanted to put their name and title on. It's like, really? You want to... Okay, I guess you guys really want the money because Godzilla did make bank. It was like only the second most popular movie at the at the cinemas that year besides Seven Samurai. Uh, well, imagine that yeah, box so office. Little... Seven Samurai and Godzilla. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Let's go for a double feature. Yeah, <laughs> depression and awesome. Uh, but yeah, the original saga, like I mentioned earlier, it starts off with Godzilla as this, this malevolent force it gradually evolves into like the mid sixties. Oh, now he's an anti-hero. He's reluctantly is like, oh, I guess there's a worse monster. I but do fight each up. film connects directly before the previous one or is it? Um, like... it's, it's more episodic for the most part. Like after right. Godzilla fights Mothra, then it starts to get more kitty and more like uh, that focus in terms of tone. And then by that, by the time like King Kong fights Godzilla, by the time King Kong fights Godzilla, which is the third entry in the saga overall, uh, it is it is basically turned into okay. This is kitty matinee stuff. Uh, right. By this point, we've established Godzilla is just a routine happening in this universe. Right. Godzilla, it's like ah oh, <laughs> shit. It's just, uh, Godzilla's, Godzilla's coming. Well, good, good thing. Dude, we my heard- car got wrecked again. Oh, really? What happened, Godzilla? Oh yeah, that happened oh yeah, spot. that happened yeah, to my uncle to- a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just a constant happening. And then by the time, uh, and then they pull a, a Halloween. Then they pull a Halloween H2O in the 80s with the return of Godzilla, where <laughs> they skip they skip every movie except the originals. There's a, another Godzilla has appeared. We even brought back Raymond Burr from Godzilla King of the Monsters for the Roger Corman version of the movie. Because Roger Corman got a hold of it and uh, made it made the Cold War even more abrasive in that movie. And when uh, Roger Corman uh, got a hold of it, was that the first time America did their version? No, because uh, King of the Monsters was itself an edit, which also was an interesting uh, approach because uh, I will uh, shout out my friend El Goro off Talk With That Rhythm. He did a Year of Godzilla podcasts uh, leading up to Godzilla vs. Kong. And uh, and he mentioned in the in his episode talking about the original Godzilla that back then they found it more appropriate to dub movies than to subtitle them because back then in order to subtitle movies for American distribution – you had to add an additional layer onto the movie and therefore dim or basically create like a Xerox carbon copy of the film in order to put like the subtitled language at the bottom. So they thought it would be easier just to re-record the dialogue and just dub it into English because that would be easier and it would not degrade the film quality overall. Uh, But yeah, and then starting in the 80s, they had that. But Roger Corman Corman was indeed the first, like only the second re-edit well, actually, that's not true. Gigantus the Fire Monster, which is, which is, uh, the the American title for Godzilla Raids Again. Uh, it's uh, the the three re-edits are not great. King of the Monsters is by by default the best, uh, because there is some awful product placement in Godzilla 1985. Awful. Like people are talking about Godzilla, while a very in-focus Dr. Pepper vending machine is just in the background. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? Hmm. Um, but yeah, Corman only handled that one movie. Uh, after that, most of the movies that came over here were dubbed through like Ocean, the Ocean Group, or other places. Uh, he only got a hold of the one. 
And then by then they re they recycled the same format of like, oh, after this other Godzilla appeared in the eighty in eighty four, then he's back again. It it turns into it turns into the same thing again. We're like, oh, Godzilla's attacking again, and uh, that's that's the way it was up until uh, Destroya, which again, which this time only a ten year cycle of movies, and then after Emmerich made his Godzilla, uh, Gino Godzilla in name only. Uh, the Godric, uh, the, if you will, me- the the Matthew yeah. Broderick Godzilla, the Godric. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Toho immediately jumped into gear and decided, okay, we got to play damage control because uh, Godzilla's image has been tarnished by this American version. So they did it again, starting with uh, uh, Godzilla 2000 and then going up until Final Wars. They basically released a movie a year up until 2004, mm-hmm. and then it went on hiatus. Uh, because they were kind of running out of ideas. And Toho still likes to put out a general seal of quality on each of their movies. So for 10 years, the series goes quiet. And then uh, the Americans, as they often do, decide, we're going to do Godzilla again this time. And they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, sure, why not? We're going to watch you guys this time. We're not going to give you free reign like you did with uh, that Embrick stuff. Like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll actually give a lot of homage to the original. Uh, So much so that it seems every Godzilla iteration since uh, the 1980s has had to have a mention of, in 1954, Godzilla first appeared. And that's that's like the main crux of the movie. It's sort of like Halloween in that regard. And that the only true thing in every single iteration of Halloween, except for Halloween 3... Uh, is that Michael Myers attacked Laurie Strode back in 78. Mm, but, yeah. And same thing with Godzilla. There was the initial Godzilla attack back in 54, and that's sort of like the core moment. But yeah, since then, it's been sort of wild and weary. And the further and, that we get from 54, it's almost like that one attack seems like a myth. And it's like this mm-hmm. legend that's been built up with this monster. Like, this is something we need to prevent again if anyone is, hasn't been around to see it. it's it, Yeah, it's a really good comparison. Like the Laurie Strode attack, repurpo- yeah. It, it is a repurposing of the original atomic bombings of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, because that's what Godzilla was. It was supposed to be just a, a filmed, more blockbustery approach. So yeah, remember that thing, that, that awful thing that happened 10 years ago to us? Yeah, we're going to make it into a blockbuster uh, movie with monsters and shit. Uh so yeah, uh, after Final Wars, uh, Toho Godzilla goes quiet for a few years uh, until Godzilla makes its makes its wave, does its thing, <laughs> reactivates the property. It does its thing, and and then Hideaki Anno and Shinji Higuchi approach Toho with an idea, and uh, Shin Godzilla went into production, mm. uh, which my godson, uh, God bless him followed the production of very closely because he is a massive fan of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And he's like, oh man, I love this. And I'm over here having watched Evangelion in its full in every iteration. I'm like, oh, joy, this this director who severely needs depression meds is making a Godzilla movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm, I'm fairly sure Hideki Anno actually goes to therapy more often than not. But uh, he has a specific vibe that he brings to every project he has. Yeah, it seems very personal. They're very rarely cheery affairs. Mm -hmm. And I was, as as such, I was very guarded when I initially approached Shin Godzilla. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
And fun fact, uh, bringing it full circle, uh, Shin Godzilla was the subject of my first ever recorded podcast, uh, where I did a discussion of the original Godzilla and Shin Godzilla with my uh, with my stick friends, my skinny tubs of lard. Yeah, it is available on YouTube, because uh, I made it into a video. I basically turned oh. it into a slideshow with audio. Uh, <laughs> You're like remixing uh, the format. Yeah, that was the one and only time I've ever done that. I because it was a lot of work to edit the audio and the video at the same time. And but yeah, so this is like the third time I'm going to be talking about it, because I also brought it up on the, well, fourth, actually, because I brought it up on the 2016 year in review. I brought it up on the decade in review, number five of the decade for me. And yeah, so here we are on Exiting to the 2010s, talking about a movie I really love. Let's hope that war is the best. I, I'm, I'm curious, what... What was the company again that owned like owned the rights for Godzilla for distribution in Japan? Toho. Toho. What in this pitch would made Toho say yes? Because I'm just watching it. I'm just like, I mean, maybe again, this is of course maybe this is my American mindset or Western mindset coming in, but it's just like if I'm reading this script, I'm not thinking money maker here, guys. <laughs> We got an office satire mixing with a Godzilla movie. We got something. In the beginning of the movie, he looks like a goofy stuffed animal. We are working over time. For the first 30 minutes, he looks like a goofy stuffed animal. It's a large, that's a large part of the film. It is. It is. But, I, but once he goes movie. back to the ocean, he comes back out looking like an angry piece of charcoal. Then it gets a bit scarier, in my opinion. Uh, um, but the thing is, I... And, and, what what I just said wasn't in criticism. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, also just to point out, like, not only did they you look at this and you don't see moneymaker, you also don't see award season success, like winning mm-hmm. best director and best picture. Like that, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> but but also like I'm sure in, just, in Japan, mind you, not in America. In Japan, of course, of course, yeah, like different shit over here. Different politics, I'm sure, but like different like appreciation. I I think it's just like. It goes to show, like, the respect for, for like, the icon and, like, what this means for the country and their cinema. But just also, like, wow, I just can't believe it It won that, that high of an award. Yeah, I, I think in answer to, uh, to Clay's question, I'm pretty sure what the execs at Toho saw was the maker of Evangelion and the, and the co-creator of Gamera, of the Gamera movies and the recent Attack on Titan live-action movies, which were also very successful, uh, are going to make a Godzilla movie. They just saw So it was a blank much. check. Yeah, they basically saw, oh, this man who has made one of the most legendary anime series and right. someone who is really good at handling special effects and, uh, right. and shit are working together again to this time tackling one of the icons of Japanese cinema. And so it probably was a blank check. Uh, that's my... I haven't been able to catch up... I haven't been able to find many uh, subtitled or English uh, special features for Shin Godzilla is the thing. Hell, until until a couple nights ago, I still thought the Godzilla in the movie was practical for the most part. And it's mostly it CG, out, yeah. Yeah, it's almost it's entirely CG. Yeah. They did build an animatronic puppet, but they ended up not using it. So... And it looks great. And I think it looks really good because uh, most of the destruction takes place during broad daylight. Which is a complete mm-hmm. distinction from uh, the Gareth Zilla. That it's like I remember. I mean, from what I remember, 
it's mostly like smoke and fog and like daytime mm-hmm. and um well it's it, it's it, it's i mean uh, garavzilla really kind of brings in the idea of what if godzilla but jaws in a way like it's like what if we obscure him what if we cut away from this moment blah 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 when it in this it's just like oh here he is here's the guy He's just like walking around, just like goofy little smile on his face, just wiggling, and he's just like, "I'm here." And then and here, Godzilla. It's like, what if Godzilla was in Sesame Street? It. I could for a minute. I'm like, is this when I first watched it? I'm like, is this the kaiju that Godzilla is gonna kill? Is this yeah. like is yeah because is it looks this, different. Right? Is this gonna is, is this Godzilla gonna pop out of nowhere, looking like a badass and rip him in two? Like you little nerd. Like- he does look a bit like Titanosaurus from Terror right. of Godzilla. He looks like a kaiju you would give a swirly. Like, he doesn't look <laughs> yeah. like Godzilla. Yeah. And, like, I was just so... I was like, what is happening? Why and then, of course... Clay? I, I, I love him. him. I would die for him. But he looks like a nerd. And you fair. will. I if he has his way. He looks like if my six-year-old cousin drew Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> That's perfect yes yeah. it's just i was so like the moment they really committed no like no that's godzilla i was like okay yeah this is pretty cool i like that yeah. i like that a lot <laughs> it's one of those things like all right you got me movie you got me i'm i'm set that goofy little guy who's just like walking around like where am i going that's godzilla cool yeah. that it really that is <laughs> yeah and I, I hear you clay but the thing is when you look at that creature and see the way it is acting and the way it is reacting to its environment it is very apparent this creature is fueled by radiation yes but it is also a walking wound it is clearly in pain every right. single hmm. movement it makes it is every act of destruction is is a is a like lashing out in rage for its creation the fact that it has to walk around covered in these horrific burns just flooding blood out of its gills as soon as that's what when that first thing that happened i'm like oh this is like really they really do make i mean the effects are really solid um for the most part i think when it gets to like the trains or whatever that's when it kind of teeters but when it comes to like the actual creatures um i mean or i guess there's only one creature godzilla like that blood shit is so it feels so tactile and feels like you could see like you could just kind of feel it like you could feel how it would to like you can kind of just imagine how it would be to step into that fucking god-awful shit like how slimy it is like it's all really like shown you feel like super it feels super detailed imagine you're just going on your morning commute through the toe through the underground tunnel and all of a sudden it just floods with blood and you're like god <laughs> the road is just covered in <laughs> like yeah and you're underwater too so it adds to the horrors like Wait, is there going to be like a horrific leak after this? Like, what, what the hell? Like, um, yeah. Which, yeah, uh, I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the creatures, but I do feel the human story is definitely worth talking about in this, mm. uh, given that the original Godzilla, which we, which every one of us uh, revisited or visited for the first time in order to catch up on this. Uh, Godzilla really isn't in that much of this. Uh, Shinga, Godzilla himself is only in three key sequences of the movie, and the like seventy percent, like sixty percent of the movie is mostly the politicians and the the lackeys trying to figure out, okay, how the fuck are we going to f- figure this shit out? And which makes it all the more in, in engrossing. And I know 
Did you guys watch the Japanese language version? I, yes, because oh yeah, go ahead. I made a mistake. Go ahead. that I I rented on Google Play the um, English dub. English dub, but I didn't realize it until it started, and then I went back, mm-hmm. and then I just didn't want to like rent it again. But mm-hmm. I do kind, of, I do want to like I, I like the movie. I, I want to see this again in the Japanese dub, but I've never seen a movie. I've seen like some of the uh, Ghibli in American. But I've never seen mm-hmm. a movie like a like a you know a, a live action a live action which movie. Is, um, which is actually what the Godzilla movies were notorious for back in the day was the English oh, really? dubbed giant monster movies. Like there there are several movies in the eighties which would parody giant monster movies, and it would be like the lip movements just aren't matching up at all. It's like, oh no, <laughs> and it, it would just it would just be the wild west of attempting to fill the lip flaps with something that remit that is relative to what's going on on screen. Mm. Not exactly though, because, Oh man, uh, clay. So watching, uh, how did you like uh, Godzilla text simulator when it got to all the humans interacting on screen and you had all that text covering the screen? Like, yeah. ah, yes, head of this department. And that uh, happened for me too. And I really like the gag with like the, um, like, like the job over, titles kept with, on expanding, but with, with everyone, Every new character introduced, the job titles would keep. Oh yeah, no, I oh like yeah. Like I firmly I thought you said the Godzilla text simulator. I'm like, does he like? What? I, I didn't know what you meant. Um, yeah, no, just the endless wall of text. Like, oh, who's this guy? Like, oh, and if oh, it, it keeps uh, changing throughout the movie, it, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's in the loop. I mean, I I don't want to be that reductive about it, but it just that was just like it just kept kept screaming at me. When I was watching it, and I'm not saying it's like, I'm not saying it's a ripoff because I'm just saying the vibe of it is so of a piece to in the loop. Um, in a lot of, in some of the ways, it's shot in a way, in sometimes, but uh, in the loop's more handheld for sure. Um, I when something nails political satire. It's hard not to refer to it as a touchstone. Mm, that's true. Right, and what it in, in the obscure uh, like because I think that if I I haven't seen it in the loop in a while, but from what I remember, like that whole movie is just like Peter Capaldi being like, "Who the fuck do I need to have to talk to about this shit?" And just like walks all over and it's like, "No, I don't talk to you. I guess I have to talk to some other fucking person." And it's just like has to deal with like the fucking uh obs- the real uh frustrating and infuriating side of bureaucracy. And this, of course, is a little more even tempered than that. Um, but it is that idea of just like, oh, so wait, we have to have a meeting on this. We have to have a meeting to make a decision. And then if we want to change that decision, we have to have another meeting. To, you know, it's like all those things where it is, it, it really shows the, I mean, it is like a farce at the beginning. Not a yeah. farce, but like it's like a fucking it's, satire it's a at the bitter, beginning. It's a bitter farce because right. there is still a body count in this movie. The movie doesn't seem angry to me. It no, I don't think it I don't. Totally it, I don't think it's angry either. Yeah, which I mean, it, it's a tight rope to walk. Uh, I think it's more annoying. It's because it thinks of Godzilla not as a disaster, but more of a nuisance because it has to like check off all these boxes, and because we're introduced to this overwhelming amount of people that make up this institution, we're like bureaucracy. Nothing can get done here. We can't even communicate to save ourselves in order for the monster to not attack us. I mean, really, that is, um, of course, thinking of things like In the Loop. I also thought of Arrival, which same year, mm. um, going to like 
also like when we when in the movie when they mention america and how they can help where it's like of course in arrival like they mentioned different countries um and in our in our issues with communication right i mean yeah you you think the bureaucracy in japan is bad wait until the americans get roped into the plot and then it gets worse somehow (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. and it's not anti-american either it's just more I, I could detect some anti-American sentiment given the plot turns involving America's choices. That's true. That's yeah, like, yeah. oh God, really? But at the end, it, I, one of my little minor critiques at the end, it's just like, well, you know, they helped out at the end of the day. They're A-OK. When I'm just like, <laughs> they were going to nuke you guys. I don't, I, it was like, I don't know. It, it's a, is separate from the Americans, to be fair. She is an American diplomat, but she still has roots in Japan, and she is trying to work with the Japanese, even but sometimes. Her, but her, like, I don't know who, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't totally understand the scene of the idea of, like, the faceless, like, senator or whatever, or diplomat that she is, like, an aide to or whatever. Like it, it was weird how they shot that. It was like it was like a cameo or something. Like, is that secretly Joe Biden or whatever? Like it was bizarre. Uh, like they were showing his hands and not showing his face. Uh, I was so very. I, I just was very uh, perplexed by the scene. He was very white, so it couldn't possibly be Reggie Fiozame from Nintendo. Right, uh, right. So <laughs> I, I, it was so when like him eventually just saying yes, we'll give you a deadline. You know, we trust you. Blah blah blah. It's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a total out. I'm not saying it's super cheap, but it is one of those things where like they could have kind of, it feels like they could have really hit the nail on the head and then they kind of like chipped it a little bit. Like, I mean, yeah, they're bad, but like, you know, they kind of figured it out at the end and it's like, oh, I mean, okay. They, All got, right, that's they, got out, they got outgamed in the political game. So that's I mean, really all it is. Yeah. Yeah, but they still provided, but like they were still provided like all of the resources, like it was very much like American drones and all of that, where it is like, Mm. all right, I mean, again, it's not a huge critique. I know I'm not like this isn't something that's burning, you know, burning inside my head. It was just one of those things I noticed where I'm like, okay, I mean, I I still think that, you know, for a sad, like satirically, it's very effective. I mean, uh, in in a lot of ways, uh, it's one of the it was just one of those like it slightly pulled that punch and i'm like oh man i wish he kind of didn't it's it's still very upfront about how callous american diplomacy can be especially with japan right uh, i mean because at the end of the day they're still willing to nuke japan again and that and that's the thing that happens every time the americans come into these films uh in godzilla night in return of godzilla in in the legendary verse Every, in Shin Godzilla, every time the Americans come in to fix to fix Godzilla, their first idea is, "Well, we're just going to throw a bigger nuke at him. That'll fix right. it." And everyone right. in Japan is like, "Why do you want to do this to us again?" And right. they're like, "Well, it's the only way we can fix it. We've got the power, we've got the weapons, we've got the tech. We can blow him off the face of the earth." And it's like, "Motherfucker, please stop, stop, stop bombing Japan!" <laughs> violence, right? It goes to show that it's like violence is always going to be their first thought where it's like that's not maybe that's not going to be america's only thought but it's certainly like their intuition or just as unchecked though, like, violent id with bureaucracy exactly attached and maybe that's not japan's maybe that's not to say japan isn't that way but certainly oh. like it goes to show that every government center is essentially a mess but- have you have you guys seen uh the robert mcnamara documentary the fog of war 
I have not. I no, saw um, the that's the Errol Morris. I, I got that's a blind spot for me. Yeah, I saw the I saw the unknown known, but I've not yet seen the Fog of War. Mm. So there's a moment in the Fog of War where so McNamara played um, not a huge role, but was like uh, had a somewhat important role in World War II. Uh, he was like a, a, a strategist or you know anal- analytical person on how to most effectively firebomb all of Japan. Um, he was stationed at a like a an Air Force state or a, a military outpost in like the Pacific. Um, he was, uh, I think, I forget which general he was like under, like on, that he was advising. Um, but he then goes into the details of the firebombing in Japan. Something I didn't, I, I mean, it was one of those things I assumed, but I wasn't super knowledgeable about and definitely did not know the extent and the reason why, um, the, why they were doing, why firebombing and not just like regular bombs. And the reason why they used mm-hmm. fire, like, you know, like incendiary explosives is because they could burn houses quicker. Yeah, because Japan was mostly made out of wood still at this point. Right. They, they hadn't more quite effective. modernized to, with like stone skyscrapers and glass houses. They exactly. were still just a few steps away from feudal society. So they could eviscerate towns off the face of the earth. And then yes. there's the, it becomes this montage of like how, it, like when they, they would show, or like they would name a city or town in Japan and then they would compare it to a like a city in the US in terms of like I don't know if I forget what exact it's not population it's like the amount of like the area like square footage or whatever and you know it shows like and it does this huge like rattle off like Oklahoma City Cleveland New York uh you know fucking uh Houston Dallas like it keeps going and going and going and going as in to just compare just how much we firebomb to that country mm-hmm. and it's one of the most upsetting things i've ever watched uh, ever because it, it's just truly just uh, super effective and it keeps going it keeps giving you a comparison um and 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 i'm saying all this to say that when it comes to godzilla and the the uh franchise and most specifically the original film uh and how it clearly connects to that those atrocities um is there's this shot uh, in the first Godzilla where it's at night and pretty much every, every everything around him is burning and he's just kind of in the middle of it and it's dark and you just have the fire the fires to kind of light him up and it you know he's still you can't he's still shrouded in like you know darkness and it's just just everything is ablaze around him and it was and and just to see that after knowing that information that I learned in a history class not so long ago and that watching that film, it was very effective. And so when it comes to Shin Godzilla, um, it's one of those things where, so obviously, or not obviously, but um, I read that, you know, as, as we all know, the, the first Godzilla is very, uh, is in, not in, or it, it isn't a reaction. It is, it is a reaction to, the fallout of World War II, the fallout of the two atomic bombs, uh, fallout, you know, fallout of between like the firebombings we did in Japan, the occupation, uh, right? Of course, uh, this is th- this film is in like, spe- like not like super specifically, but like the disaster reaction between the 
the typhoon in 2011, I think, and um, another tragedy that happened in 26, not 2016. Um, Actually, no, it was it was one that resulted directly from that tsunami. Uh, the Tohoku tsunami is the is the one you're referring to, and then as a result of that was the uh, uh, Fukushima. Fukushima right. uh, nuclear facility right. had a catastrophic meltdown as a result right. of that earthquake. And uh, right, 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 right. Which right, fun right, fact? Right. This is the second movie you guys have talked about. Well, Jack has talked about on the podcast uh, that directly is a response to Fukushima because Black Hat. That new that. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Reference yeah. to the Fukushima disaster. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it, it it's just a really I mean I I, I do love how they just understand the I'm not saying every Godzilla film needs that like foundation, but it just it, it truly just makes it so much more effective and gives a more clear thematic purpose to what you're trying to say in your and this is disaster films in general. Anytime you're like you know like reflecting some kind of tragedy or you're maximizing it or you're you know up you're, or you're making the scale bigger, but to still like kind of portray what uh the actual the actual event that took place um mm-hmm. is uh, it's always more effective uh, rather than just like you know just completely just like oh yeah he just eviscerates everything and everything is ash you know mm-hmm. there's this like kind of this this real intimate intimacy and this like real like real life connection that you can can kind of form in this like um true like grief and sadness over something that feels more you know in this reality and it's not as though shin godzilla will take exact ideas from uh the 1954 godzilla that this one it is it 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 has that leg out that it's pulling from the 2011 disaster um and in the metaphor becomes a lot more powerful that way once you consider the reaction that's very similar in shin godzilla rather and and the response japan actually had but then you see that a lot of things are updated, like the military, um, that in 54, it's not just like, you'll see tanks and planes like flying into Godzilla to weaken it. But yet here you see like, they actually have a strategy and they see like the waves that will, uh, that will then approach Godzilla. if like the first wave is then weakened. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's cool to see like what kind of changes are made yet things stay the same. Yeah, this is the first time in a while the Japanese military has actually been shown as effective for a long time against Godzilla in any shape or form. And even then, the military not really in this movie. It's it's mostly the 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 squad who who handled Godzilla pretty well compared to the military. Because every every movie since the original has been like, ah, oh, if nothing nothing in man's domain can actually control this beast, what are we to do? Uh, which leads them to go for alternate routes of disposing of the creature uh which made me so fucking pissed off when king when godzilla king of the monsters the doherty just wasted the oxygen destroyer i'm like you've got to be kidding you're just gonna insert this into like a little sequence in the middle here like you're not even gonna have any build up to it just like uh yes we have this weapon we're gonna test out on these creatures it's called the oxygen destroyer like you haven't earned this fuck off uh yeah that movie sucks uh it, it could have been so good and it's so interesting uh, the fact that we've gotten the the Wingard and the Doherty since this. I mean, of course, like you know, it's still it's American, and this one has its own Toho thing, but it still it still remains that it's like Godzilla is this this cultural icon 
in, in across the world and yeah it's it's really mm -hmm. interesting to me that it's like it doesn't have its place firmly in japan yet can cross over here and um you know of course gareth edwards and roland Heinrich, i think maybe just keep that life alive yeah, uh, like I said, I'm going to hold some of my thoughts on the Edwards closer to the vest, but uh, there are elements that movie that really do work in some regards. I like uh, the I like the Wingard one. I don't know. I, I enjoy. I had a grand old time watching it. Wingard I mean, it's, is great pulp. It's it's a great pulpy adventure. It's special effects film. It's it's, a, it's great. It's very film. much that. I mean, I I won't lie. I mean, when he he takes when in that final fight, like when he has that fucking act, like he takes that axe and tries to fucking. I forget the exact scene. It was in the trailer, but you know, like he, he harnesses Godzilla's atomic breath and like absorbs it into the axe while he's hating him. Oh, I mean, come on, like that's that's that rules. That's good. That's very good. I like that. I was very very uh, pleased by uh, those circumstances and actions. You will not hear me complain about the the pulpy ass uh, mashing your action figuresness together of that movie or Pacific Rim for that matter. Pacific Rim is also a great great love letter to those kinds of movies i'll admit i'm always worried when i bring something like this to the table because it's such it's such an entrenched and you really have to get on this movie's vibe immediately if you're going to follow it along because the pace is rather quick and it's going to toss you into a lot of situations that you have to adapt to quickly be it yeah it took me a little bit i was like okay we are cutting we are moving like we are not stopping this is like at first i'm like oh, okay this is kind of i don't know about this but of course once again like you said, it is got to get into the grooves, the rhythms of it. You just have to kind of feel like kind of you, you have to feel that it, it's almost. I don't know. I feel like I use so many different like uh, descriptions when it comes to this idea, but it's one of those things where you just have to find that little opening, that little kind of gap in the uh, if you go if you do football in the offensive line where you can just go boom. Okay, there. That's where I can connect. That's where I can kind of grasp on. This is the time I, this is when I can jump on the train. Um, I'm going to do five more of these expressions. Let's see. Um, but no, it, it's, I, but yeah, the breakneck pace is definitely, uh, it's a little hard to get uh, onto when you first see it or when you first start watching it. And also the wild addition of body horror in this particular iteration right. of Godzilla. Like, the fact right. that Godzilla, even in its original adorable Muppet stage, it's still pretty horrifying. Like, that thing is gushing blood like a fountain. Like, it's right. kind of terrifying. And you take like, those I eyes out. It's like, you, you know, you have, you, you know, you put different, you know, if, if it isn't googly eyes, it, it, it's going to look way more, like, fucked up. Yeah. And, uh, and then even during that stage, when he stands up and he slams something up, and then his arms just rip out of his rib cage. Right. It's like, good god right and then it keeps going and it keeps building and it keeps getting worse and worse like oh now he looks like a very angry piece of like radioactive charcoal and oh boy now his tail can do insane laser shit and so can his spiky backs now once the americans right. like uh payback time roger roger payback and it's like uh, yeah those american style flowers get wrecked to shit i'm like ah, i'm not mad about this uh right again i i live in america i am very familiar with the american gung-ho militarism that we all live under and around and that is nothing against the servicemen who serve this is everything against the people in charge and the people who weaponize them for their own means rather than actually thinking about the people they are handling and the countries they are going to do damage to without any actual thought about the repercussions <laughs> hey uh how's that how about, how's afghanistan looking 
Uh, right. Right. Yeah, there's there's so much going on, especially when while Godzilla isn't in that much of this movie, even though he still looms over it. The entire movie is this movie passes the Bechdel test, and that this <laughs> no one's talking about relationships. Everyone's like, okay, how are we going to beat Godzilla? How can we figure out? And also, I want to point out that the fucking director of Tetsuo the Iron Man is in this movie as really? one of the scientists. Yeah, he's the guy with like the purple the, the pink towel around his neck who who discovers origami that is oh the director, yeah wow iron man he was also in shit he was also in silence he was one of the crucified uh japanese men in that movie it's interesting another movie i will possibly well no i've already i've already brought a 2016 movie to this podcast i guess that means i can't talk about the year 2016 anymore i mean i don't i don't i don't i don't think that's a rule we have but it was a, it was a joke jack made to be a while ago i was like oh yeah you can only pick you can only be on the podcast 10 times you can only pick one per year it's like, oh, oh, okay. that's actually ooh no no i mean we can't do that i'm pretty sure people have broken that rule already, yeah i know but that's that, that's a i, I didn't think it, I, I might I, I, hmm interesting all right uh, I'll, I'll put that i'll put that in the envelope Haha, I'm affecting the podcast every time I come on. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I taught, last time I taught Tyler that there is a language option on HBO Max. Now he knows you can change the language on HBO Max uh, for go. anime movies. There you go. Uh, and now you're knowing about uh, ideas you could play around with your podcast. Since I, I, my podcast is uh, floating, possibly face down in the water, but it, 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 it'll get better in a minute. Uh, right. <laughs> I wanted to point out earlier because Jack mentioned the idea of that he he accidentally rented the wrong version. Uh, I did as well, but I made the executive decision to actually uh, <laughs> no. It, I I I re-rented it on Amazon. I found I so like I paid eight bucks to watch this movie basically. Oh no no I didn't rent it. Actually it was I think I bought it. I could buy. I think the Japanese version is available for like four bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I bought that, but like, still, it was one of those things where I got the moment that happened, and I start, I heard like, you know, English. I'm like, what the fuck? Because it's, I just wish when it was like an obviously like an English version of a foreign film, you put that in the fucking parentheses next to the title, because I'm just gonna assume it's in the original language. I guess maybe that's my last time I'm gonna make that assumption. But still, it's just so fucking annoying. I had that issue with um, REC, uh, the uh, Spanish horror film. Uh, mm. I think I rented it and or whatever, and it wasn't in its original language, and I got super pissed. Um, and I like had to watch it. I mean, I, I think I watched it. Eventually, found it on Tubi or whatever. But I was just like, this sucks. I hate this. Yeah, the the streaming market is a great thing, but it's also still very frustrating in its many forms and foibles. Right, and of course, the you know that the the idea that the uh, the uh, the original language isn't available to rent or whatever, yeah, that kind of sucks. But I just honestly, mm-hmm. I just wish they were more upfront. That's really like that's my minimum request. It's just like yeah, just and, tell me, just tell me what it is. And that, and again, going back, that was the way it was with Godzilla movies in general. Like again, when I when I sought out like Gita the Three Headed Monster and uh, various other like movies on like Hulu, uh, they only had the dub option, like like nine times out of 10, they only had the English dub. And I was like, well, it, it's still a monster movie. I'm going to enjoy myself. So, right. And luckily, and yeah, most time they, they are at least competent enough to keep the, it straight. And having watched, having also watched the dub, the jet, the English dub for this episode of preparation, I have seen the movie. Every other time I've seen it, I've seen it with the Japanese, Japanese language because I'm not, a, I'm not a heathen. Huh. But, um, right. Uh, 
but how many I times have to, you seen seen it? I have seen it roughly four and a half times. I did not. I, I rewatched. I immediately put in the Japanese after I finished the dub, but I basically skimmed it through and was like, "Let me go to my favorite sequences and watch them again." Right, 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 um, right. So yeah, I was skipping around. Uh, I understand your critiques about the train scene, but oh god, I love the idea of we're gonna weaponize the Japanese train system. Oh, I mean, ever- it's I, I still, I, it's a great set piece, and but that was just like when I just came to special effects. That was my only like big like, oh, that doesn't look great, but it's a brilliant idea how did you appreciate the body horror elements of shin godzilla that it felt in line i guess with the tone um when when it's more like something visceral and gratuitous i guess like with the body horror denim just like Mm -hmm. more easily uh i know it gets it just gets under my skin easier but with this it felt it felt more playful I suppose, and it never really had had more of like a like a tactile effect on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because you're not to say it's not effective. The initial evolution of Godzilla, when it's like arms rip out of its rib cage at the beginning, it's like oh god, and like the the, the overall like bloody like painful life that is that of a Godzillasaurus. Uh, just the fact that when it initially takes damage from those bombers. Like it, it, it audibly cries out in pain, and then it immediately lights up like a like a horrific disco ball to reap its revenge. I love uh, that they keep the same sound effects from the first. Yes, movie. yes, I especially love watching, it. it's watching such them like so beautiful. close together. Like it was like, oh man, that like it's mm-hmm. like such an instant iconic callback. And that moment is what made me think of this Godzilla being like a child. It reminded me of a baby. That it's like this one is almost yeah. like crying out for its parent and because Aww. of her like yeah because that sound and so is it like, lashes out yeah it lashes exactly exactly it doesn't know any better <laughs> to uh to destroy yeah, the city yeah the stupid humanity <laughs> being inconvenienced by this poor child wandering around looking for some guidance and then just getting just bombed to hell and be like Ugh. right yeah it's there's so much to love about this. Like, and then we get to the scene when he unleashes unla- his breath and his jaw literally rips open. Mm, yeah. Map. It's like, oh God. Yeah. Is and that the-, the only time that's been done in the franchise? Because I feel like that's a new thing. Yes. That is the yeah. first time that that specific, like, it's not the first time Godzilla's bled because I recently revisited uh, Godzilla versus Hidora, which is the first time Godzilla has ever bled in a movie, barring the original, because he disintegrates in that movie, but you don't really see any blood. Uh, uh, yeah, Hidora, he gets bloody. Uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, he get uh, uh, in in the first Mechagodzilla movie, he gets screwed up. He like it's like God, Mechagodzilla beats the shit out of him, and he like legitimately starts bleeding profuse. It's like, oh god, it's gonna be okay. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, mostly Godzilla movies are mostly bloodless affairs. And but there have only been like and after King Kong enters the picture, the, the franchise really clamped down and okay, we're not really gonna show any collateral damage for this. Like, oh, it's gonna be a lot of the G.I. Joe action. Like, oh no, their plane exploded. Okay, you can see their parachutes in the background, they're fine. Oh, really? Uh, I don't like so, that at all. Sort of like the Beavis Doe, the ba- the Batman v Superman, like, oh, it's okay, we cleared out that neighborhood. Uh, before they go and wreck the shit out of it. Um, Always funny. But, Always funny. But occasionally Godzilla did return to that. Where like the original, the first two, 
really hampered down. Oh yeah, people are dying in these yeah. effect, in these attacks. Uh, Hidera, it's a it's Godzilla fights pollution, and that movie like it's a toxic sludge monster that literally drowns people in like toxic poison. It's like oh god, that's hell horrifying. yeah! I that's a, awesome. Now I'm curious though, do you prefer it to be something that the violence is taken a more of a PG um, perspective, or would you rather have like a body horror type deal like we see here? And the thirty-first movie, because it's like I do think that there's merit to both. That if you if you restrain the violence, then you kind of see a different side of. Then I think like the monsters' um, rampage, I think, is just like less focused on the actual monster than it is like on the humanity. Then the violence gets less distracting. But I think when the mm-hmm. violence is distracting, then it's like that's also effective. Yeah, and that's also part of the gear shift I mentioned, where they aimed it more towards, okay, this is going to be like a kitty matinee production. We're like, oh, Godzilla and friends are going to beat up another monster. That's what it, the, start, the franchise turned into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I most of the time, it really depends on my movie, because I, I love just about every one of these movies to death. I, I've, You've seen I've them all? Only not, I have seen all but one. I still need to catch up on Tokyo SOS, the one they made directly before Final Wars. But... I I even saw those that terrible anime trilogy they made in the late 2010s. They they shat out on Netflix. Oh God! Uh, you can tell that there's like a lot of love put into this. That they didn't mm-hmm. make it unless they found a story to tell. Like this is prescient right now in 2016. We we are coming to Toho to be like trust us. We just came off Evangelion. Uh, we mm-hmm. we are calling back to the 2011 tsunami, and you know those obviously those homages to the very early days of the franchise. Yeah, I mean it's mm-hmm. it's like it has such purpose. Yeah, yeah, it feels super like mm-hmm. there's a lot of momentum to it, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of energy. Like this kind of sounds vague, but energy in the sense of like especially we're when you're driving everyone in the boardroom. Right, right? I mean, definitely energy. Yeah, we're driving towards something. We're driving towards this like this real examination of bureaucracy and these disasters and the collateral while also maintaining you know the monster of it all um i prefer collateral damage much more i, I mean I, I know that's that's like a crazy thing to say uh but the like five Godzilla movies you've seen you you fucking noob I'm, I'm kidding i'm not kidding no no i know what you mean i well it was it was just because like watching the first one when you kind of realize I don't know when you see these ta- like these buildings fall over and you just like think, oh my god, there's people in there. That's so much more engaging to me. Like while watching, mm-hmm. um, like when watching Shin Godzilla, the moment that breath comes, comes out and like he's really going to town, I like covered my mouth. Especially when he takes out the entirety, like the entire prime minister cabinet. Yeah, I the, like no, the prime minister's gonna get out. Oh shit! Right, I literally covered my mouth, and I was just, I was so. And, and there are a lot of times when I just, you see that kind of collateral damage, and you're just kind of imagining like the number behind that, and you, and my jaw was just agape. Like it was really, I don't know. It's always more effective to me. I always, I be, always become more engaged because when it comes to these buildings that have like no one in them, it's just like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that building fell down. What? How many? How much money is that? Like it's, I. But I also understand what Jack is saying is that you focus more on the actual combat or like the violence rather than just oh, what's happening over there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand, but I, I just much prefer uh, the mm-hmm. former rather than the, to the latter. Um, yeah, if if I were to make like a a ranked like a list of like my favorite Godzilla moments, it would be a mix of the fun shit and the absolutely like gut churning like horror. Like right. one of the images that has never left my head and moments in cinema is from the first Godzilla when it cuts to that Japanese mother holding her child oh my outside God. of that burning building. It's like, it's, it's so okay, upsetting. son. We're going to see daddy soon. It's like, it's so upsetting. Oh. Yeah. It just immediately drops like a piece of coal into your stomach. Like, Oh, it's like, it's like a piece of lead. It's like, Oh, Oh God. And Shin Godzilla comes close to emulating that for a lot of mm. it, given how just horrific, just everything comes in. And, and they really use the newscast, like the overlapping like news items in the movie really well in that regard. Like, uh, people don't know whether or not the water can be drinkable yet, or many people have come down with some sort of radioactive flu in the, a- in the aftermath of Godzilla's rampage. It's like, yeah, and even like movies I love, like Pacific Rim, glance over that. Like, Pacific, I love Pacific Rim to death. I think it's one of the most fun, like raw, like pulp fairs of the 2010s. I think Guillermo del Toro was one of the great artists of like special effects, pop culture extravaganzas. And even I have to admit that they like skirt over in the very beginning. Ah, oh, yes, there's this mysterious affect of kaiju blue where the, the kaiju's like bodily fluids are affecting humanity. And they never talk about that. Not even in the sequel. They never bring it up again. It's just, it's just mentioned in passing. Meanwhile, like Shin Godzilla, the original Godzilla, and like uh, Hidora and a couple of others really get into the fact that, yeah, these monsters have an actual effect on the community and the populace at large, mm-hmm. not just the panic and the uh, and the terrible evacuation attempts they have to try. Uh, like, the, they don't really successfully evacuate Tokyo at all. Like, they, mm. as far as we know, a lot of the populace is still stuck in shelters, even at the end of this. And... <sighs> And it's only by luck they realize that, oh, it's okay. Godzilla's radioactive elements are, have, a, have a very short half-life. We can rebuild within a couple of years. It's like, oh, well, that's convenient. Uh, it, it still has moments of that that even I admit that sort of defang the real effect of it in some regards. But there's just so much to really appreciate in this in this saga that they're telling it's 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 another story of humanity overcoming a terrible terrible just natural disaster a hurricane powered by nuclear energy that just rips into tokyo and uh just picks up the city and then drops it on its head Mm -hmm. and you have these plucky people of which some of which have actual characters and most Mm. of them are just labels of like ah yes i'm the department of agriculture ah yes i'm the i'm the kooky girl with the who's always looks at her computer and asks for samples and uh and by the way jack i mentioned to clay earlier that uh did you know the director of tetsuo the iron man uh does he pop up in other films or is this like an exception uh he he actually has appeared in quite a few films he i was i also mentioned he is in silence he is one of the crucified Japanese that is getting so lashed by the waves in the yeah. middle of that movie. Silence, same year as this. Yeah. 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 He very, very productive year for yeah. Shinya Tsukamoto. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he has the scientist who has like the pink towel on his shoulder. Yeah. And he's like, origami. Like that's, that's Shinya Tsukamoto, <laughs> yeah. the director of the Iron that's Man. So and he's also in a couple of Mike movies. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I love mm. when this guy pops up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's so much to love about this. I I, I love talking about movies I love. Uh, although mm-hmm. I also look forward to the day when I can 
bring stuff like Winter's Tale to the table. It's like, oh, well, okay, God. let's talk about this. Let's talk about this uh, glorious piece of trash. And yeah, enough talking I about things it. I love. Enough, enough of this. Oh, um, no, I still love it. But uh, <laughs> I guess I can also... God, I guess I could bring a Neil Breen movie to this podcast if I really feel plucky. Uh, <laughs> good luck paying 20 bucks to watch that movie because Neil Breen holds exclusive license over his movies. Yeah, let's hope you don't Although, feel plucky. Uh, I may have a flex of all his movies. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Who knows? I think that, of course, something obvious to bring up but the main difference you're not prepared for uh godzilla and this isn't a tsunami it's not an earthquake that you can just be like okay so it's happening the scientists are detecting that this is happening on this day and we need to have evacuation orders coming to prepare us and then like what happens if our disaster um detection isn't available like isn't around like can humanity and japan at large survive something that is so unpredictable and then by the end we, we come to sort of something that we have to live with um mm-hmm. that of course like yeah. it goes back to the radiation metaphor that it's 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 funny how it's like godzilla is such a metaphor for the nuclear attack that it's almost become mm-hmm. like the metaphor it, it's it's like i don't know i'm just trying to like the metaphor is what the movie is trying to say it's not like a hidden message. Like the, the metaphor is very explicit. Um, which I, I find... they, they explicitly reference it in that scene at the train yard mm-hmm. where they literally cut to photos of Nagoski and, uh, and Hiroshima. Yeah. Of uh, the aftermath. So they, they are not shying away from what this movie is about. And then he was like, when did Godzilla get all political? And oh I'm like, if you see in the original, do you remember what we did to Japan? Was that like some of the criticism of the time? Where, where no, it like... but it's it's just reminiscent of today's culture. Oh, I see. Discourse. I see. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, when did this become so political? Like, <laughs> Godzilla's been political since the since the inception. Since the very start. It, right. it is an inherently political article of culture. You cannot ignore. It's literally saying it's literally saying RoboCop isn't political. It's the most political <laughs> shit you've ever seen. Uh, there is a specific. Uh, term of wording that they use in the titling of this movie mm-hmm. because yeah so wait what does shin mean i i know that's a dumb question but i'm still gonna ask it that is actually what i'm gonna get to oh, so okay. shin can be interpreted three ways it has three syllabic meanings it can be interpreted with by the japanese language it can be interpreted as new so new godzilla like there is a specific uh have any, have um... any of you played have either of you played the persona series no, but no. I know a lot of my friends do. It, it, it is a a sub genre. It is a sub uh, series of a video game series called Shin Megami Tensei, which is uh, the the tale of the new gods, basically. Um, okay, all right. Uh, Shin can also be interpreted as true. So this is the true Godzilla. This is oh, like the truest form. Yeah. And also, Shin can be interpreted. As the designation, God, Godzilla. Huh. So those are three very different things. But they all fit. Oh I guess boy, so. do they fit? Different interpretations. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the tagline, the American tagline for this movie was, "A God incarnate, a city right. doomed." Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and it's yeah, because it is kind of cool where it's one of those words in a different country that. Um, 
means multiple things or or you can interpret it to mean multiple things if not literally then figuratively i was just i mean yeah we can get to favorite scene but i do want to i mean you say it's your fifth of the decade and i love when people are very definitive in where the things that they bring us place and i'm curious like in so few few words like where i mean of course like top tens are like kind of arbitrary like how you place things are just like you know very personal but if you just if you're coming back to this as the top five of the 2010s, if like, if there's a reason for that. It's mostly part of, part of my initial reaction because mm-hmm. I've been so burned by Hideaki Anno, especially you loved, as a creator. You loved this since first seeing it. Yes. I, I was very hesitant going into it. And then I saw it and so much of it has stuck with me. It's, it's somber approach to it's somber yet bitterly funny approach to its subject material. The design of Godzilla himself, the absolutely horrifying final image of the movie, and I'm like, "Fuck is that? Uh, that that's that's a great image to leave off the movie." Like, I don't know what the hell that is, and I'm absolutely terrified of what that is. And uh, it's a shame that apparently they're not going to move forward with a follow up to this at Toho. Which is their plans? Yeah, I read about that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, they just never even greenlit it, so it wasn't even it was a promise. It just they just never followed up on mm-hmm. it. Uh, but in terms of that, uh, I would also like to point out, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, crew members, uh, Shiro Sagisu, uh, he's probably best known, uh, for making music for Bleach, the mm. animated series, but mm. he also did the music for Evangelion. And if you'll notice the percussion music that starts up whenever like a meeting is happening, like, doom, 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 doom. Yeah. That is just yeah. a remix of an, of an Evangelion track known as decisive battle. And mm. so he just. He's just literally ripping his own music and putting it on screen like, ah, fuck it, this music works here. Just put it in there. Just, it, it, it's not, it won't win any awards for Best Original Score by far, but uh, I love that. Um, and as a result of this movie in particular, I am very, ex- I am actually excited for the next couple movies from these creators because next up on the docket, Shinji Higuchi is directing uh, Shin Ultraman which is another classic tokusatsu property. Right. It's uh, the man from space who can grow large and beat right. giant and beat kaiju up. And right. I have never seen a shred of Ultraman outside of like on the back oh, on like TV at a bar. I would have well, bet as... a lot of dollars that you had. <laughs> well, but now I bought the first series from uh... from the store. Like, all right, I've got to see what this is all about. Did it start out as a show or a movie? It started out as a TV show. Actually, okay. From the creative mind who initially designed the Godzilla suit, IG Subaraya. He was wow. like the first mate, he was like the Ray Harryhausen of like Jap- Japan. And he would basically he made his own production company and he made a series about we're gonna fight some giant monsters every week right. here on this show. Um, so I'm really excited to catch up on that series. Uh, we have that coming out. It came out this year in Japan and it played at New York Film Festival, and best of all, it co-stars Hitatoshi Nishijima from Drive My Car. And oh, I'm oh, like, really? oh, hell yeah. Oh, I am there. Day Thanks. one. When is it coming out? No word on when it's getting a US release. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> and then immediately following that, uh, they're trading up where Hideki Anno is writing Shin Ultraman and helping executive producer and like uh, come up with visual effects. But then he is trading up and Shijiguchi is going to help executive produce a Shin Kamen Rider which is another oh, yeah. very 
property of like, oh, he's it's a it's a Power Ranger who rides a motorcycle and has like a bug helmet, and he beats up all these villains. Yeah, people and- don't. I didn't know this, but again, my friends, my uh, friends who are more into Japanese media than I am, they 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 they, they the there's a spinoff of Power Rangers in Japan that is just like its own. It's basically its own franchise in a way. Like there's Carmen Riders, and then there's there there's Power Rangers. Super Sentai, Riders, yeah, there's Super Sentai. There's Carmen yeah. Rider. There's all this stuff. There's there's Zuranger, which is also I have not seen a single shred of like any of the original Japanese uh, outside of I'm going to eventually watch Ultraman because I'm really excited for whatever the hell Ano and Higuchi are going to pull in that new movie whenever the hell that releases. But because of Shin Godzilla, now they have their own. This is going to be its own series of Shin like tokusatsu movies and i want to know what these shins will bring to it i want to know if they're going to keep the body horror angle of this if they're i love that idea of the, the just... melancholy like approach the yeah. fact that they're keep doing this with like right. older properties of tokusatsu that are mostly known for being kitschy and campy and fun and i want to see okay what are they going to revamp this with how are they going to reinvigorate right. what are these insane that's when remakes and reboots become exciting when you feel like that they have a take and that there's this new remix of something that you love that there's this new reinvention of it that's that's when that shit gets exciting and from those who i've who i in my in my cinema who have seen shin ultraman i say yeah it's it's playing around with with a similar toy set to shin godzilla obviously so it's like all right i'm i'm there i really i'm really excited for that i'm really excited for shin kamen rider uh yeah uh so this is all just a big advertisement for uh yeah uh, i'm really excited for what's coming next from these creators because actually uh jack you said this is came out after evangelion that is not that is not true actually uh the rebuild of evangelion lasted from 2007 up until 2021 so uh they were actually in the middle of trying to put the fourth one together when they decided to take a break and just okay, we're gonna make a Godzilla movie instead. Just fuck it. They'll, How they'll dare you, Jack? How dare you? How very dare you? <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of like that—that that idea of like one for them, one for me. Mm-hmm. How Hideki Anno and Higuchi made this in order to raise funds for their other projects. Right, just They're a like, casual oh, Godzilla movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just gonna make a Godzilla movie that's yeah. uh, only one of the most just uh celebrated works incisive yeah only one of the most incisive portraits of modern government in action yeah. in history it's like uh, it's like robert but, zemeckis making what lies beneath uh while in production for castaway <laughs> i mean yeah. different circumstances oh, yeah. robert zemeckis a new movie dropping in a couple weeks i can't wait to see uh... oh man i, we I really we was hoping we didn't about that yeah no <laughs> we're, we're moving on all right i feel that fun um, for this favorite favorite scene okay first i do want to say with this one thing that i kept in my pocket for a while (laughs) it is kind of crazy to think jack do you know that 80 percent of nba players have a way bigger uh, anime diet than we do 80 percent of nba players have seen way more anime than we could even conceive i mean i think it's caught up on one piece (laughs) I, i think it's a strange thing to to think about when i hear that but do you think there's a reason for that do you think there's a, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a weird question to ask, but I think it, what it, there, it's a, it's a very, there's a very detailed answer to that. And it, it has to deal okay. with, you know, anime and Dragon Ball Z's connection to the you know black community and all these oh. things that, that can be explored and researched on another time. But I just think it's a fun thing to think about. Like, okay. No, I, was, I was more thinking about like, is there a connection between anime and basketball? Like, is there like a, 
like a because like it's so long they, they need like a constant diet well, but, i mean funny enough there or... is this well yeah i mean yeah. a lot of basketball players love you know like when you know they have a lot of free time in hotel rooms and stuff when mm-hmm. they're exactly. not working they want to decompress right. anime is a very comfort because there's so much of it and you can it, yeah. always watch more and it's familiar to them and, and i'll back up on that clay i do not watch basketball but i can attest the the populations of color really love anime like uh, anime has a massive pull in black communities especially hell uh i just pulled up a picture of uh there's an old uh interview with uh there's like an ancient interview with michael b jordan i believe it might have been for fruitvale or maybe creed but at one point he's asked it's like it's like one of those google things like oh answers the most google oh, yeah, yeah, wired yeah, most yeah, wired yeah. most searched yeah, and, yeah. And, he, and he's and he's asked what is his guilty pleasure? And he writes down anime and then crosses it out and writes women. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. You're, you're a closet funny. weeb. Yeah, that's that's own, your, own your guilty pleasure, damn you. And it's not guilty. It's fun. God that's damn really it. Funny. I will start with my favorite scene because Please. I don't think this is going to be ones that you're going to pick. But it's like, I guess it's hard to say it's scene, but it's like everything that leads up to God, Godzilla like walking on... like. Uh, like all of the just the difference because at the beginning it's just so many so much like cutting and just like transitions to different like meetings and locations and you know and like a different like different citizens like point of view you on see the, the entire of him thing. before you actually see him you see like boats being pushed right, you right, see right, like right, right. a spike somewhere in the background and then finally you see but all the stupid bureaucracy and how comical it is it's just it, it, it's really that's when i really found the rhythm of the film um i mean the moment that the like one of I, I forget exactly how she is related or how she was brought in i think it's like a friend of an advisor though like like the uh ex like the like the student biologist how she comes in after the bio after the prime minister meets with the biologist and like they didn't say a fucking thing <laughs> like they like they yeah. gave it no help <laughs> can we get someone who actually knows anything <laughs> and that she's brought in and like there's yeah there uh he can probably walk on land and the other guy's like no there's no way that's impossible and then he does and, and they hold like, that press conference and they right. fuck it all up say it's okay he's he can't walk on uh, prime minister what <laughs> Right, it all happens so fast, and it's so it's so funny, and it's just I, I that's when I really like understood the like because I didn't under I didn't know this tone I didn't know that this was the tone coming in I didn't know this was like kind of like the like the thematic you know point of the film so I was really pleasantly surprised and really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, yeah, uh, the ending for me I I feel as though it's like if someone had a bingo card of this podcast one of them would be me choosing a lot of endings but this one uh i thought was very poignant the fact that we go and it, the main character fono foho oh uh, uh, uh rando you do rando oh my gosh um the yeah, fact that rando. we get to this point and he's like i'm the reluctant hero where it's sort of like we have this entire ensemble and then it's sort of like he comes into the fold um not is this the final either. showdown with godzilla that you're referencing? oh no, no the final um person like i mean it's tough with characters his final interaction with the u.s diplomat yes yes yeah um, him on the roof yes on the roof yes um yeah i just i just think that conversation is lovely and, and sums up sort of like the movie but also like why this this mess didn't why we couldn't fight godzilla properly or why they couldn't do it as well as they had imagined 
because they think once they get into a boardroom and actually start discussing things, then it's like their what what their reputation, what they think of themselves and their reputation of themselves, it then starts to like fizzle out, and they're like, okay, wait, we actually can't do this, and it's like we're like, okay, it's it's that mentality of like when something do, does come and attack us. We can do this. We're set. We can do this together. Right. And it's like right. kind of. Like, I kind of like that idea of like, yes, it's satire, but then it, there's also a, a level of, of big truth to that. And no, right. Uh, thank you for bringing that to us, Brett. I I think Godzilla for you and I, not to speak for you, it's a big cultural blind spot. It's us happy to. Yeah, monster movies and monster yeah. movies in general has just never been uh, my uh, area of interest. So I'm very as, as soon as. As soon as one of us wins that mansion where we can all live together, I will host uh, Japanese cultural exchange mm. night. Yeah. Oh, that's basically the the show I'm running with Natalia right now. We're running a uh, we're running a we're conceiving a podcast idea where she will bring me a Spanish language movie that I haven't seen, and I will bring her a Japanese anime movie that she hasn't seen. Yeah, that's gonna roll. And yeah, I, I call it the Spanish and the the Spanish anime exchange. Yeah, uh, is the idea I'm running. I mean, with. just make it easy, Spanime. True, but then I think there people like, like like I like Bam? it. Perfect. Just realize that's Bam a title. Anime? That, that's a title only for me. Just you know, it's a scene that whenever anything of this comes up in a Japanese work, I have to stop cold in my tracks. It's the the scene between uh, Kyoko and Rando at the train yard where they're talking about the the steps the United States is taking and exactly what they are going to do, and that it ends with those two single photographs of the aftermaths of the 1945 right. attacks. Uh, whenever a movie pulls that card on me, I'm like, yeah, fuck. Like there is an, in, there is an act, uh, in the middle of 2020, I finally cut off with a blind spot of mine, uh, an anime movie called Barefoot Gen, which is a slice of life story about a young boy living in Hiroshima. Oh, wow. And fun fact, the first movie is a 90 minute build up to the bombing. And oh boy, it sucks. It's one of the most raw things I have seen in my life because it it's an animated film, but it's not a PG rated film, and it shows you exactly what happened. They animate exactly what happened at Ground Zero to anyone who has happened to be on that path. Yeah, and it's legitimately horrifying, and that has that single handedly, like solidified my stance on war and especially nuclear war mm. like you don't like nuclear war not a fan not not a, not, 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 a, a, not a fan not a fan not a big fan of it i'm especially not a fan of it the fact that the only nuclear attack we've ever made was on civilians mm. right rather than and and it's not like oh it's only it's it's only acceptable when it's on soldiers it's like First of all, you nuked civilians who, who could not adequately defend themselves from this attack mm. and like my, my personal beef with the military in general is like, okay, if you're going to launch an attack on someone, just launch a, a pinpoint strike at the military leaders. Like, like I don't know, nuke the emperor. Do that. Nuke, like, a gen- a major general who's, like, advocating, like, uh, beheading all American women and uh, enslaving the children. Do that. Don't nuke civilians who are just taking orders what they assume from what the emperor who they assume is still a god in human flesh like don't 
this is a step too far. My so, take is that no nukes. I don't like them. No. Yeah, I don't like nukes either. Uh, th- that, Hot but, take. But still. Hot take. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a very de- that's a very divisive opinion. I better <laughs> say my OSL. So. Not but, a yeah, fan uh, of that, nuclear weapons. That that scene legitimately gives me chills yeah. every time. Because you guys it's think like reiterating. Do you guys think Go internet ahead. trolls will be like, you know, if nuclear weapons will ever be used to like destroy bad people, they'll be like, not my nukes. Like, not oh, my Oh, God. All right. We're. No one, no one actually wants to be the one to push a button, except maybe one person in the world, but hopefully he stays far away from them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, every time a movie successfully pulls that card, it just immediately puts like, lines my stomach with lead. Yeah. And right. I, yeah, 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 and it just again reiterates how just callous and impersonal it is from the from the American perspective. Like, oh yes, well, mm-hmm. it just has to be done. Yeah, and, right. and no one's like, it's distant. Yeah. And everyone and no one is willing to admit the elephant. They're like, you're gonna nuke Japan again. You're gonna do it again. It, it's like, yeah, hold my beer. I'm gonna do it again. It's like, why? Right. And and the thing yeah. is, it feels so real. The movie successfully portrays that yeah honestly the u.s probably would pull that shit and i would be horrified when they announce it over the news because i'd be like you're really gonna do this again you're really gonna launch the second the, the, the only the third nuclear attack in history on the same fucking country all right yeah yeah that's uh oof. all right we got <laughs> we went down a road here. I know. Uh, <laughs> After Clay might kill me for that joke, I, I think we should. You know, this might be a good place. So, so uh, is the clip for this episode. This going to be me ranting about nuclear weapons for I, four this minutes. Is, this is the beginning. This is how we open us. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who stays uh, to finish this one out. Brett, thank you so much for being here. This was beautiful for you to come back and bring us Shin Godzilla. Please, where can everybody find you and the pod and what you have going on right now? Even even though you've already uh, said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of taking a hiatus from social media at the moment, but you can find the podcast on uh, at Retro Culture on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find the, the blog at retroculture.blogspot.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes. Just look for Retro Culture, spelled with uh, two T's in that initial Brett salvo. Uh, right now, like I said, I'm working on a couple of ideas between just trying to find excuses to bring my friends onto the podcast. Like, they so graciously welcome me onto their podcast. I feel like trying to return the favor. Uh, so I'm toying with an idea that uh, mental health has uh, sort of kicked me in the shins in, prog- in progressing down that path. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen still. It, the world can't keep me down, even if it, it keeps my paycheck nice and low. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, uh, other than that, I'm going to be, this weekend, I'm probably going to be watching, a, doing a lot of catch-up on movies. Uh, it, the new George Miller drops this weekend, so I'm going to be there opening weekend. I'm Does gonna it be drop there. this weekend? Oh. Yeah, they moved it up to the 26th, like, fuck yeah! Yeah! Um, I'm so out of it. I'm so out of it. I, oh, actually, I actually bonded with a co-worker today over the fact that he saw Mad Max Fury. was like, oh man. That movie is stuck with me, man. And it's just a dude who smokes weed and listens to Joe Rogan. I'm like, oh man, Mad Max Fury Road, that movie rocks. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a, one of the uni- unifying experience. I was just, uh, just going to say there was a reason we America. did it first. Yeah, right. Um, Jack, where can everyone find you? Um, uh, watching Mad Max Fury Road. That's where you can find me. Um, <laughs> uh, but also on Twitter at Jack Draper. Uh, 
Jack Draper 7 on Letterboxd. Um, my writing on film is at the Boston Hustle, which I recently reviewed uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. It's it's <gasps> really, really good. Um, everyone should see it. It's going to make no money, uh, but please see it when it can make money. money. Yeah, I don't want to manifest. I don't want to manifest, but still, it just has that energy. Uh, but it has. Thank God, energy. he's already making fear. I know. Fear, yeah, yeah. Fear he's in production of like Furious. Right already right in the middle of it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. Edit that yeah. out so it doesn't manifest. ATJ. I, I know. Seriously, I will. ATJ and Chris Hemsworth are in Australia. Um, that's a great observation. Where it's just like, okay, we don't have to wait like a number of years. Right. Right. Um, we don't have to pray that yeah. this movie makes X amount of money exactly. to get to like green light Furious. Yeah. Right. Um, Plus, he's already up there in years. Yes. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And he looks like a librarian. Um, this movie isn't available for streaming anywhere, which, uh, you know, of course, like I mean, Brett it said, oh, you mean like, f- yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, for free. Um, which of course, like Brett said, other means are out there. Um, don't buy the dubbed version like I did. <laughs> I stick with subtitles for movies I, that require. I mentioned subtitles. it earlier, but the four dollar Japanese version is available to buy on Amazon. Yeah, and it's four dollars. Yeah. I think uh, it's worth owning. And then next episode is. Attack the Block with Leia Carlson Downey. So it could be sci-fi timber. It's so interesting that the, there's it was little just news that, that, that yeah, it uh, broke YouTube today that Boyega is going to co-write the second one. It's, yeah, yeah. It again, was, coincidence, yeah. Gen, uh, central, weird. Yeah. Okay, um, everyone, follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, not on Instagram. You can follow me at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram. You can follow me on Birds of Clay on Letterbox. You can follow the podcast Twitter account ATT Pod. You can send us the email at exitingthrough2010s at gmail.com. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share us to a friend, retweet, uh, just grab people on the street, uh, do what you have to do. Uh, go up to dogs, say, hey, dog, have you actually have you listened to Exiting Through 2010s? And since they're dogs, they won't respond to you, but then just nod vigorously and then run off uh, screaming, what? Listen to Exiting Through the 2010s. And I guarantee you, you will have uh, you'll be in our good graces. Um, please be good to yourselves. Stay safe. Um, rock out. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm hungry. <laughs> stay groovy. T- rock out. Yeah, yeah stay groovy. All yeah. those things. Um, and as always, swear. we'll catch you next time yeah. at Exiting Through the 2010s. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.